millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. Powered by SpannersReady.com, providing podcasts and blogs. Hire us to produce your podcast by going to SpannersReady.com forward slash hire us. I'm joined in the podcasting shed by Matt Two Rumpets. Hey there, Spanners. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I, I had the whole day to myself to watch the race. My Father's Day gift, apart from a lovely bottle of Talisker from the Isle of Skye, was to be left alone all day uh, to my own devices. It's worked out pretty well. Ah, very sweet. Yeah, I actually, uh, being Father's Day, upon conclusion of my writing and tweeting activities, went and made slime with my daughter, followed by a little bit of Portal 2 playing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and actually, this is motor racing re- related, so it's fine. My six-year-old has just started playing Rocket League with me, and he's, he's pretty good. He can get around the track. Rocket League is like football, but you use your car to knock the ball around this arena. It's fantastic. Um, but we were like 1-1 in the clutch, coming down, heading for overtime. I turned to the mm-hmm. boy and I said, don't go for the ball, go for the blue cars. So I used him as a hatchet and he, he looked at me and he was like, okay. And he did it. He just took out the opposition and let me score and win. But there we go. I've done that before, but they, they gave me a yellow card for it. Well, this is computer games. You can just do whatever you want. <laughs> well, Matt, we uh, we didn't get a safety car this race. Uh, it wasn't the race we expected. No. I cannot believe, I will be honest with you, I cannot believe there was no safety car today. I can't fathom, yep. after watching qualifying and FP3, that there was no safety car today. And I looked, Blew my mind. The odds were one to nine, four. So your nine pounds would have got you 10 pounds back. And I was really, it was a, it was a tempting little bet for no safety car. was really looking forward to seeing how the restarts would go on that long straight with the slipstreams, but we never got to see it. It would have been so epically much more entertaining than what we actually got to watch. 
to be honest with you. And and in GP2, just a small note, little shout out. Yeah. I think roughly both times they lost half the field. Lost half the field? Yeah, like like literally 12 out of oh. 22 cars finishing both races. And that's why we saw the carnage. And someone was saying to me, well, I think that's because the GP2 cars were flat out for the whole of the race. So they're risking, like we saw in qualifying, when the cars are flat out, they were going into the runoffs, they were hitting the barriers. Yeah, I, I think I think that could very well be it, that the, the race pace of the cars is much slower than that in quali, and that might have been the difference yeah, so, between yesterday and today. Well, it just meant that the F1 cars, obviously with their fuel saving and tyre saving, perhaps weren't pushing that hard because we definitely didn't see, say, for example, Lewis Hamilton struggling in all the areas he struggled on Saturday. But I've got an idea. Because it's a long enough track, next year in Baku, let's copy the tin top bumper cars at the Le Mans 24 and have all the series together. So stick the GP2 cars in there as well to guarantee some safety car action. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. In fact, I might have mentioned Le Mans once or twice in my qualifying and race review articles. If and, if we ended up doing that, then uh, wouldn't Nico Rosberg have been the one who uh, stops on track with like half a lap to go or something? With a blown turbo? Ooh. With a blown Ooh. turbo. Ooh, first Japanese driver to ever win. Not. Sorry. Last lap, 24 hours. But you know who did win? America, baby! For GT. And that number voice, one, that voice one. that charged into the Missed Apex podcast is Formula Spies, Chris Stevens. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, Chris Rainbow Sparkle Stevens. We really haven't settled on, for, on a nickname for you yet. I think Rainbow Sparkle, that might be the way to go. Rainbow Sparkle. Yeah. All right. All right. The alternate was Chris Interesting Stevens. You know he's not going to get that because he doesn't have kids. Well, he might be a brony. You don't know. You don't make judgments about his life. You don't uh, know him. He's right. I'm not. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I make correct judgments about his life. But you know who we didn't mention? Go on. Friend of the show, Joey Hand. Go Thanks. on. Thanks. Thank. Well, he he drove that for a GT2 first place. So what are you getting here that you can't get anywhere else? Well, obviously, we try to give you your race review ready for your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. We're also offering you a podcast that is safe for work. So you should be able to play it at work or in the car with your children without them learning any naughty words whatsoever. So that's some housekeeping out of the way. One guest has already barged in from the cheap seats. There's one more left representing the whole chat room for what may be the last time. It'll be sad to lose you, T, but you've got to do what's best for you. Tony, Thunder Beast Barnard. How's it going, Tony? Emotional? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up. I'm getting pretty sad over here. Well, you know there's no bitterness from me. I mean, I mean, it might be... They're not really our rivals now, but that is where we were aspiring to be. But you know me, I, I wanted you to succeed as you, and I'm not going to be the one that holds you back. Well, it, there comes a time when your excellence and, and awesomeness... It really, it becomes apparent amongst the team that you're working with. So it's really, it's time for me to leave. You feel you've um, outgrown us, basically. Yeah. Not only are you making me look bad, I'm also making you look bad. So it, it, it's it's best for everyone. It's better for everyone. You, you're basically Can, Anakin Skywalker. You're now turning into Darth Vader. Yeah, pretty much. Onwards and upwards. Leave you losers in the dirt. Can we replace him with someone who can speak English? I had to bring that Ooh. one up. It's your last. It's as the last show. I had to bring that one up, man. 
now that I'm uh, going to a, a higher tier of professional broadcasting, I need to rise above that, so uh, you can have your yeah. comment. <laughs> Do you know what you're not rising above? Taking calls from the chat room and representing their comments, T. We have a Hello! New, we have a new phone number. You can call in on the show from, as a UK landline, we are on 0115-888-APEX. That's right. I made it so that if you dial the number that corresponds with the letters in Apex, that gets you to where you're at. So 0115-888-APEX. You can call this show right now from the chat room. Join us on the live stream, www.spannersready.com forward slash live stream. I think there's a live stream tab. You can get us there and Tony will look after you, get your room for the night and a few shots of whiskey. Should we go on to the qualifying? Let's. Well, Daniel Ricciardo, before the start of the race, took us on a lap guide, didn't he? He goes, oh, look at those walls, mate. They look bad. I hope I don't crash in them. <laughs> do, you think, do, you think he had, do you think he was thinking that as he was going around in practice? He's thinking, oh, mate, this is the bit where I said I hope no one would crash in it. I'd look like a right galah if I crash in here now. And that was it. Straight into the barriers and bins it. First victim of Baku. But hardly the last. No, and the biggest victim of Baku was, in the practice sessions, was a poor Sergio Perez, who, right near the end of P3, in the end, had a really big effect on the race, took out his rear end and had to change his gearbox. Was it, Chris? Uh, Yeah, it was the... the damage to the car you know it, it, sometimes you 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 damage a car in such a way that it doesn't uh directly affect the gearbox it's more the kind of impact and the the shock waves that go through the car that end up damaging the gearbox and uh yeah he did need to replace it which would be a five place grip penalty and he's not the only one uh magnuson and signs as well needed new gearboxes before uh, the race actually kicked off savage well bernie said the most important thing was getting in views of the castle. Now, we can't deny that there was a spectacular background and they got the castle in. They got some great TV shots. What did we think of the track? It's a brand new track. Did you like it, Matt? You know what? I loved it when GP2 raced on it. I loved qualifying on it because it reminded me a lot of Monaco, where I think qualifying is by far the best show. It didn't promote the most interesting of races when all was said and done, however. You know I'm not a fan of street circuits, but to me this had a nice little mix because you got all the best elements of the street circuit, but then it kind of grew up halfway through the lap and you got to go and do some proper motor car vroom vroom stuff. It's a very unusual uh, street circuit. It's very high speed in nature, one of, if not the fastest street circuit um, on the calendar, if not the the world. It's a bit like uh, Macau in that sense. Go on, Matt. Yeah, and I was going to say, speaking of things that are now different with the chicaneless Monza coming at us. Oh, no, I'm not happy about that. The, the, the circuit that we just raised now, I think it's officially the worst on brakes, which might have been partly to blame for Red Bull's less than stellar performance. Okay, so hang on. I want to get to Monza. Are they taking away the turn one? I know it's a diversion. Are they taking away the turn one chicane? They're not just making that just straight through, are they? No, what they're doing is they're sort of recreating the um, the right hand of oh, the name of the right hander leading up to the 
second chicane escapes me at, at, at this moment, which is a little bit embarrassing. But um, basically, they're kind of reprofile, uh, not reprofiling, they're recreating it, and the first chicane will be kind of left, right, and then lead into the second chicane. Oh, so in a way, it's a, a little bit more reminiscent of what the old Monza used to look like. We've got an early call from the chat room. Who are we talking to, caller? Yeah. You you need to go find that music for him and play it now because damn. Here we go. If you go down in the woods, here he is, stomping into the podcast. It's Fat Hippo. Thanks for joining us so early in the show, Daniel. How can we help you? I have to. I I I have to complain. <laughs> you have you have some concerns. I understand. What are they? No, this would be completely out of character for you, Hippo. <laughs> yeah, because um, you, Matt, you said Phew, that, it's not me. That track is not quite what you want it to be. I think you, you have been watching too much NASCAR because the only thing you were missing were crashes. Nah, he's got a point. Oh, there, was, there was some excellent overtaking in the GP2 race that we just simply and, did and not see in the Formula One race. I uh, I don't know what I don't know what race you, you were watching, but I saw lots of overtaking. I agree with Hippo on this about GP2's driving standards. They were <laughs> just appalling. It's some of the worst driving I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. They they were just clattering into each other in the first corner, and in in Formula One we were expecting the best of the world, and they got through a whole race without needing Bert Nylander to do his job. So I think it was a brilliant race we saw overtaking galore. So what exactly do you expect? It was it was like back in the days when you when you got up at three. Three o'clock in in the morning to watch the Adelaide race. It was absolutely brilliant. Excellent. Well, a nice positive view of the track from you, Hippo. Thank you very much. I'm going to address Matt's NASCAR string vest urgings offline. Cheers for calling in, Hippo. Wait, I have a question. Ah. Oh, I hung up on him. Yeah, I know you did. I was going to ask him if he really <laughs> thought that race was exciting to watch. Number one. Number two, Chris? Yes. Retifilio. Oh, is that the Monza? Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. The Redophilia Apost. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. So, Matt, answer the charge then. You are just a NASCAR hick. You're sitting there in your string vest with a quart of, of uh, cheap off-brand whiskey, and all you want is crashes and fireballs. Okay. And ladies racing. And... But I ask you this. What was the best finish Raikkonen ever had in NASCAR? And I'll tell you, it was nowhere near fourth. And this is a good thing. I'm just saying it might be harder than some people think. I oh, yeah, fair enough. I just are the cars closer maybe? Anyway, enough about NASCAR. Who brought that up? It was a beautiful track. Qualifying was fantastic. It really looked like it was challenging. Seeing the cars flat out was amazing. That little section just before you got up to the castle where you went down into the very narrow streets and then you came up to the top of the hill where Lewis Hamilton came a cropper in qualifying. I thought that was, visually, it was stunning, and it looked really, really testing. But when you got to race pace, all of that went away, and it went back to our normal fuel-saving, tyre-saving strategy. Chris? Uh, um, well, I wouldn't say tyre-saving, because it was a 
one-stop race and well for most people um and it wasn't so much of an issue and um you know fuel is an issue every oh, my fuel is, is not an issue i mean it's always been you know a, a a thing in any racing series ever so i i always i really tend to disagree when people say that you know that it's a it's a fuel saving formula i agree you know it's more of an issue on a circuit like baku it's very stop start mm-hmm. so but it does make it a more fuel hungry circuit but you're you're right it really was you know brilliant and actually i think in the, you know a race it made some of those corners more challenging because corners like uh turn 13 and um 17 and 18 they weren't easy flat you kind of had to just lift feather the throttle through them a little bit and it was a bit more of a driving challenge so i actually pre- preferred it sometimes tony you don't know anything what, what did you make of that track i thought it was dull as you like not, not the was, race uh... <laughs> not the race the, the the track oh the track uh well i was saying to you guys like this is going to be awesome and i made a prediction a certain person was going to stick it in a wall and i, I just put it in writing so that when it happened i could be all glorious and that yeah but it, it by looking at it, some of the narrow sections and stuff, even to the layman, you think, that's a recipe for disaster. It's going to go off. Yeah. It's going to be a really exciting race. And I was pumped. I was really looking forward to it. And Me then too. the race happened, and I was just a little bit disappointed. All right. Well, tell you who was disappointed. You've got a major problem, Sunshine. Not, not Murray Walker. I don't know how he felt about qualifying. The disappointment came for the legions of Lewis Hamilton fans because we'd seen him in practice being seven tenths up, looking on it, looking mega hot, Matt. And then then in qualifying, he just went absolutely nowhere fast. He must have, in every attempt at a time, ended up in a runoff zone before eventually breaking his suspension just before the castle. he He just had a bad day in the office. Oh, yeah, he had a real bad day in the office and very uncharacteristic because usually a bad day for him means P2, two tenths or so off a Rosberg. And this was like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Did he did he fly to Le Mans overnight to just say hi to people? I'm not really sure what happened exactly, but it was the worst qualifying I've ever seen him turn in. It's but to be fair, it's it's more than that. I think it's the worst qualifying I've seen from any top tier driver because I don't remember seeing uh, Vettel or Alonso or anything have how many how many times did he go into a runoff? Three or four times in that. I mean, that was worse than Rosberg in runoff gate a couple of years ago. He had a real shocker. Have we got any insight at all into what was going on? I think uh, one theory I quite like to put forward is. Um... You know, as a brand new circuit, there's no rubber laid down on that track at all. The tarmac is fresh as can be. And so the track evolution is greater than you see at any other kind of um, event. And so a car that handles very well on Friday could be, you know, horrific on um, Saturday. So I wonder if Mercedes just got caught out by the track a little bit. It seems like an error they wouldn't make but maybe they did just get caught out by oh so you're saying it was a setup change that caught them out not not necessarily a change but you know not reacting to the track or maybe they changed maybe they did change the setup in anticipation that the track would uh yield a certain yeah yield a certain amount of grip that 
didn't end up happening. Okay, well, as as a Lewis Hamilton fan that's just desperately trying not to cry after this weekend uh, on the floor rolling around in tears, the instinct would be to say, well, Rosberg was going pretty slow, especially in Q3, because he actually, in Q3, his time was slower than his Q2 time. Is there a case to be saying Lewis was just push over-pushing it and Rosberg was just making sure he got those laps in? Well, y- you could say that. There was, interestingly, watching Quali, one of the things absolutely being the case was there was a lot of traffic. So traffic played a huge role. But I think you could go, you could look a little further backwards and say that if you looked at Rosberg's interviews through the weekend with the workload that he was assigned and the way the red flags worked out, we might never have really seen his representative pace until he got to Quali. You know, he might have he might have been faster than Lewis all along. Just yeah. the timing of his laps didn't work out. The the thing that, you know, that was so important about qualifying is that you needed to get a banker lap in early on before everybody hit the track and all the yellow flags started coming out because those yellow flags they were out for a really long time because the runoff areas, they're very narrow. They're a bit like um some of Formula E's runoff where you actually have to, you know, reverse out of it you can't just do a pirouette and uh carry on along your way so you know, you're right timing was everything and actually it wasn't um wasn't the red flag in q3 about 15 seconds after nico crossed the line yeah he finished he finished his lap before the red flag came out but i was going to say only if you're sam bird could you do a pirouette and carry on oh yes absolutely did that in style well, I was at my point was that Rosberg was like, you know, lucky that he'd done that because if it had been, you know, 20 seconds earlier, then he wouldn't have had a, a time on the board either at that point. OK, we're going to come back to Lewis's instant in a second. But what about that bottom six? We've seen a major shift at the bottom of F1, haven't we? Manor just have arrived. They're, they're doing fantastic things. Or are they being flattered by Renault and Sauber being abysmal? Mercedes engine in the back of that thing's working very well. It's a circuit that is going to suit a very powerful and low downforce um, setup. So I think the circuit was working very well for for Mana. Fair enough. Go on, Matt. I was going to go with the immortal words from Guardians of the Galaxy. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay, man. A little bit so, of both. So, uh, go on. Sorry, we're jumping ahead of the race a little bit. But it's important to note that not both Mana drivers actually finished the race because one of them cooked his brakes well yeah with great power comes great brake responsivity no i couldn't squeeze in my spider-man pun you did better than i did on that let's go to the last point i want to talk about in qualifying which is lewis hamilton locks up his tires in q2 leaves them with a big old flat spot there's then an appeal to the fia to say Perhaps these tyres are would cause a safety issue. Let's, can we please have a new one? And the internet went a little bit wobbly on that. So I'd like to talk about the internet wobbliness and the wherefores of what actually happened. So did they change just the front left or did they change all format? We were arguing about it earlier. Uh, my information means front left is what I got. They just changed the one tyre in the set. The yeah. one tyre in the set. Yeah, so the first comments we got on the internet uh, were regarding the rule itself and people, people of the internet just jumping onto forums, jumping onto Facebook posts, 
to make wild comments about the rules. We're getting a lot of things like, oh, why are they changing the rules for Lewis Hamilton and not for no one else? They wouldn't do it for no one else. And you just go, right, it's, it's a specific rule. If you don't know the specific rule, don't just jump on the internet and kind of state it as a fact. But the internet is just weird. I mean, I just want to say, because I've, you know, had the experience of it, because these generally are people who will look at a headline rather than, you know, actually understand what is happening. You know, I've had this, you, you post, you know, one of your articles on Facebook and then they make comments about it. You say, yeah, I actually said that. If you actually read the article, you'll see that I've, <laughs> I've mentioned this. Yeah. So that's fine if you don't know the rules because i corrected someone and said look that's that's not the rule like there's oh, there's a rule that covers this so you know maybe don't comment about it and they're like oh well you're a snob it's like no 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 look i'm not a snob believe me i would never claim to know all the rules about f1 or you guys would smack me down so hard but look here's a tactic never don't fight a fair fight only fight battles that you're gonna win right if you're attacking one guy go with three if you're attacking three guys go in with nine if you don't know the rule, if you're not sure, pose it as a question. Say, oh, it seems a bit weird that Lewis can do this. Is this within the regulations? Then that gives you a lot more options going forward in the debate. If climate change deniers have taught us anything, it's how to debate when your position is preposterously indefensible. Go and listen to climate change deniers and that will help you argue on the internet. Uh But how come there's still snow? Yeah, it's just weird. I find it weird that people go online and they, they quote a rule that they've made up in their head that they couldn't possibly know as if I can't just go and Google whether whether it's true or not. And I think it's a hangover from like the 90s where Dave in the pub would go, it is a scientific fact that moles can give birth to badgers. And you'd go, well, I can't prove otherwise. You'd have to wait till you could go to the library. We don't live in that age anymore. So there was a rule that allowed him to change it for a perfectly good set of tyres. Well, not a perfectly good set. Oh, okay. So it's a, a light similar light. A, a, to a single, well, in this case, a single tire, because that was the one they decided was damaged enough to warrant replacement. And it had to have similar mileage. That's, that was the, that was the thing. And I believe it was either the FIA or the Pirelli technicians who made that determination. Chris, you got it's, something? Yeah, it's worth mentioning that it's done on a safety ground, you know, because if you, <clears throat> sorry, if you flat spot, a tire badly enough then the vibrations it will have at 320 kilometers an hour which you're doing for about 20 seconds on that straight which is a long time then that is just outright dangerous and um, if anyone remembers uh nurburgring 2005 then you'll understand See, and that's the other thing that people were coming out with on the internet going, oh, it was good enough to set a time in Q2. No offence to the people of South Essex. It was good enough to set a time in Q2. That means it's good enough to start the race with. Well, obviously, there's much different stresses on the car during race trim, lap after lap, going through degradation than there is for setting a one-off time and then backing off completely. See, I think you're making a mistake there. Uh -oh. It's simple. The rule states he can swap out the tire if it's decided that it's damaged badly enough. That was done. End yeah. of story. If you right. don't like that? Change the rules. I yeah, exactly. I'm I'm going. I am I am pandering to it too much. And then as soon as I managed to convince one group of people that you know that they were wrong on the internet, that was the next thing. Well, that's a stupid rule. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's besides the point, isn't it? Should we go racewards? Let's. Oh no, you missed the A 
Apex. Why not join us on the Facebook group, Missed Apex F1, that I've just lost all the notes to. There are about 120 people in that Facebook group. Why not come and join us? It's probably my favourite place to hang out uh, during the races and in the build-up on race weekend. So come and join us in Missed Apex podcast. We're all in there, Matt, myself, Tony Thunderbeast Barnard's in there. Chris, are you in the Missed Apex Facebook group? I am, yes. Excellent, excellent. So come and join us there. That's a nice, friendly place where everyone will be nice to you. Even the fat hippo is nice in that Facebook group. Matt, I've lost my notes. What's the first race point that I put down? It's the race strategy. I know you Strategy. Or is it strategy? I think it's strategy. Anyway. Where was the race? Won and lost, Mr. Trumpets. Ooh, well, I think the race was probably, well, it depends on which team you're talking about. Well, you're talking about, if you're talking about, actually, if you're talking about the race, it was won at the start. Yep. Bingo, done. Nico showed the world that Mercedes can start faster than a Ferrari. Occasionally, once a season. Uh, no, I know, in my mind, I wasn't really thinking about the Rosberg battle because I think that Mercedes battle was won on Saturday. But I was thinking more about the interplay between. Uh, Red Bull, Ferrari, the Force Indias coming through. Initially, the Williams, who faded away. But the the most interesting thing to start with with me was after a string of bad calls by Ferrari, Vettel comes over the radio. Yeah, box, box, Vettel. And he did it in just the nicest way. No swearing, no kicking off. Just, guys, do are you sure? Do you really think, is it a good idea? Now, did he have a better option in his mind or did he just go into the race saying whatever they decide first i'm going to disagree with he went on his his gut instinct which was that the the tires still feel good um they were graining at the time he thought it would um clear up and well i mean it, he proved to be right they 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 were they were they were protecting against uh undercut by red bull who had much less choice about changing their tires than ferrari did on, Sorry, I, maybe you caught me out or something, but... No, oh, I was sort of going to hand over general this section to you, basically, because this is where you thrive normally. Right. Sorry, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was reading, I, I'll admit, I was distracted by my dashboard. Is it by the wonderful chat room? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, that's only going to get worse when T is gone, because we're not replacing Tony Thunderbeast Barnard. Well, you think about where we're going next with the race. We're not going to replace him, because... I wasn't looking for someone to do that job. I had a Thunderbeast Barnard and I utilised him in the best place he would fit. Therefore, we're not even going to try and replace him, Matt. Okay, then. Well, it was it was interesting then, if we're going to talk about the race strategy a little bit, there was a lot of original one-stoppers who, who popped over to two-stoppers. And I think that was driven by, by Toro Rosso. Is that right, Chris? Uh, I think it was um, Red Bull, really, because they... Um, uh, Started on the super softs and uh, they faded away very, very quickly. And uh, the softs didn't work out for them either. Uh, and that, but they actually put the medium tire on. They actually managed to find uh, a little bit of pace. Um, but, you know, by then it was just, they were so far down the order. Uh, where did Ricardo finish up? Was it eighth? He was eighth for the most of the race. He was uh, seventh in the end, um, which from the front row of the grid is not what you call progress. No. And I think it's interesting to note, although it wasn't really talked about, we mentioned earlier that the brakes were the number one issue now that the Monza chicane is gone. And if you were thinking 
after watching the GP2 race that a long safety car period would ice your brakes pretty much, then you might be putting a little uh, more covering on your brake shroud to try and help keep heat in the brakes and tires. And then if you don't get a safety car at all, period, you might be melting the crap out of your tires and be forced to keep on looking for a compound that you can keep in a proper operating window. Well, I was um, discussing the sort of cooling of the cars um, in a in a little preview piece I did before the weekend, which was that, you know, we're, we're 28 meters below sea level. So the air density is pretty thick. Um, and usually that would mean, you know, you're able to get away with less um, cooling and more downforce. Um, but the heat that we saw that weekend would suggest that maybe you do need a little bit of cooling. And then you throw in the high possibility of a safety car, um, especially as, you know, you you do all your your heating and your warming, which, you know, even after which is still not ideal. And then you thunder down for 23 seconds, this 2.2 kilometer straight, you're going to have ice cold breaks when you get down there so it's it, it is an interesting theory that you know maybe they did anticipate um an opportunity to call their their brakes more but i i wouldn't be able to say for sure yeah no i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to either but it's interesting of all of your top teams red bull clearly was not on top of their tire wear in the least and they were the only people to run the mediums that we saw although they were out of new softs to put on at least that was uh, reported by five live uh, in the broadcast so were they saved then by this new reg that said you could have the third compound because otherwise they'd have had to have gone on to another set of new softs and they might have risked not even making that stint and going even further back down the the field there's a there's a chance of that yeah i think uh mind you that had we not had the third compound rule, i don't think they would have brought the super softs in the first place which oh, i think okay. is the best thing about this because Pirelli have been so conservative coming to new circuits yeah but whichever three they pick they're going to qualify on the the softest one aren't they so by having that rule yeah you're basically yeah, saying definitely well, having, having the medium tire was a big save for them t what's going on man What's going on? Wow. It's all kicking off, isn't it, mate? It's very busy over here. Excellent. All right, yeah, so... Uh, no, 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 no. You're not getting away with a head movement like that. The, the sheer panic of head movement. Like, uh, right, what, what's going on? Like, oh, oh, I nearly dropped my nuki brown. That's exactly how you sound. Don't try and ruin my reputation as a professional pretend producer when really you do the producing and I just do the chat. You, we, We've spoken, guys, everyone who's listening, we spoke in chat just now. He said, got any comments? I said, yes. So for anyone listening, I was ready. Don't, don't make me out to look bad. Don't what are you doing? spread your lies here on the Mistake Apex podcast. <laughs> this is a safe place. All right. Anonymous uh, said, interesting that Bottas did well in Canada yet struggled here. Well, that's interesting, but I don't think that Williams was as competitive a package here as it was in Canada. Am I wrong, Chris? No, you're absolutely uh, right. I Nailed it. Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting thought. Look how how, how proud he is of himself. I knew a thing. Uh, he made he made a correct comment. Well done. Um, no, I, it's interesting because you would think that uh, the Williams package was, would work 
pretty well here. I think that they struggled with the tyres um, more than anything. I don't, Matt, I don't know if you heard anything about uh, them and, and, and tyres, perhaps. Were they not working for them? No, I, I didn't really. I didn't really. There was a brief, uh, I think I saw Ted talking to Smedley post-race. But I, I think that was, I think they were on about the maximum they felt like they were going to get. Uh, with, with Williams, you know, I mean, they've sort of reverted to we're faster in a straight line. But I think the twisty bits just were, they haven't figured out how to get downforce correctly onto the car. Every time they do it, it just makes them worse all the way around. Is there a couple more there, T? If there is, I will... <laughs> Look, you're not ready again. This is shocking. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was totally ready. Okay, hang on a second. I'm going to leave you the chat room comments in the capable hands of Matt because I'm just being called away for a second. I will be back presently. Go ahead. All right, Matt. So uh, we have a comment uh, from D. Wilson. D. Resta said the straight should have no impact on the brakes because of the heat generated by the tyres. Right or wrong or both? Uh, other way around, the the brakes generate heat that helps keep the tires in in the window. If the tires are in the window, I don't know. Even still, when you're moving in a straight line like that, you're not putting the same amount of energy as to when you're going around a turn and you have all the extra lateral loading going on. So, yeah, but the big difference would have been if there was a safety car, I think. But but they use the brakes to drive uh, temperatures in the tires. Very much right. is the deal. All right, cool. Uh, Hippo said, uh, all this tire malarkey, because there's a lot of talk about tires in the chat room. Uh, this race wasn't about tires? That's framed as a question. What do you say? Definitely it, tires caught a few people out because we were expecting it to be an easy one-stop, and that turned out not to be the case. Um, I still, you know, definitely think it, it's it's uh, it's not just about tires. It's about using your your pace yeah, I would say that for, for for Rosberg, it was not about tires. I would say no. for Ferrari, it was kind of about tires. And for Red Bull, it was absolutely about tires. But because Ferrari were just concerned about defending from Red Bull, then yeah, it became very much about tires for them. Okay, um, Force India, for them, it was just about speed. Oh, can we go on to the steering wheel of death? Oh, yeah. You know, I love the comments from the chat room. Bit scared that we'll have to deal with them ourselves in the future. Chris, that's not a manly dance. T, that is a manly dance. Guys, don't care. When we don't have the benefit of Tony Thunder Beast Barnard, we are we are a lot happier, T, killing me. We'd be a lot happier if you called in and we have a clever new phone number. 0115 Apex. If you spell out on your keypad, 0115-888-APEX, that will get you through to us and speak to us next week. Right, let's talk about the steering wheel of death. Because Lewis Hamilton was like William Shatner in Aeroplane 2, talking about the blinking and the flashing lights. All they do is blink and flash and drive me mad. And he was in that white helmet going a little bit loopy about the warning lights and the lack of power in his car. Have we decided between us what on earth was going on? Let's set the scene. Nicky Lauda comes straight out, as he has been wont to do of recent years, uh, of recent races, and gone, Yes, it was all Lewis's fault. He has broken down entirely, and it is terrible. Nico has done fantastically, and this is all good. And then they go to Toto, and Toto goes, 
get to the chopper. Uh, it's not quite like that. Uh, <laughs> I've gone back into Nicky, but he kind of goes like, hey, hey, calm down, calm down. No, it's not quite like Nicky said. There's a few extenuating circumstances. Uh, well, my Australian accent was, my Austrian accent was failing, so I went to Scouse. And then we kind of get more of an explanation from Paddy Lowe. And then we get the Mercedes official press release. What on earth happened with his car? He was in the wrong mode. Is that is that right? He was in the wrong mode the whole time. Right. So it's complicated in that it was it was a preset that they decided on, but they hadn't done a proper job of it because the the running was messy on Friday. And the way the strat modes played off of the presets on the car was such that it happened to Lewis sooner than it happened to Nico. Exactly. Uh, and we think that the so what happened was this um this this mistuned um you know setup um that they had had with their uh, hybrid systems only affected certain power modes and we believe that um the power mode it uh, affected was one that they select after their pit stops and of course Lewis pitted before Nico which would explain why he had the issue before Nico, um, just to kind of I- explain, you know, what uh, happened Please to both cars do. was that they started uh, derating earlier, which is when the batteries start to charge uh, themselves more than they spend that electrical. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Energy. So that was happening earlier than it should have been. And it was costing them about sort of three to four tenths per second. Just on that. Tenths per lap. Per lap. Do you know, when I was writing the article, I made that same mistake as well. Yeah, you're a terrible writer. That's why. I'm awful. You've got a lot to learn. You've got potential. I like you. I hope you don't go to the dark side like Tony. Anything else in the chat, T? 
Yeah, Fortis has entered the building. He said, send the hippo back to his watering hole. And Chris has no clue what he's talking about. Fortis, I call- have every clue. Fortis, call in on a landline or a Skype. I am dying to hear from you on this. Skype is fine, or you can call. <laughs> 0115-888-APEX. Do that. Uh, what, what, I'm lost. Go on then, anything else in the chat? Uh, well, no, not really, mate. Uh, you caught me off guard. I'm really getting a Friday afternoon feeling from you at the moment, T. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's not like this is my last show. I'm not on wind down. I'm, I'm, I'm zoned in. I'm zoned in. You're like a sacked employee. I think security should escort you from the building before you take any staples or paper clips. Yeah, probably. I don't want to take the uh, the branded mouse mats or anything like that. I wish we had them. Okay, so Matt, go on. Yeah. No, I, I was just I was just going to go in and add that that this was all done to sort of optimize the different strat modes for this particular layout of track, which yeah. is why they might not have come across the the issue before, and, and because this track is sort of a one-off in terms of mm-hmm. how long the straight is and how high the speeds are, and as a result of that. Even though even though the issue started to crop up earlier, it was not necessarily an obvious fix to it and would have likely been less obvious to Lewis because he was in traffic and changing a lot more settings a lot more often than than Rosberg, who was at the front and relatively unhindered. So they, it was the pit stop that caused them to change modes. Is that correct? So they, I know they go into race start mode again when they go in the pits, don't they? So that they can get off quickly, quickly. But then, what were they had a pre-planned plan to go into a different strap mode in the second stint? That then this was the strap mode that happened to have the problem. So why did Nico Rosberg manage to flick it straight over, and Lewis Hamilton was like palm mashing his steering wheel, going like my dad trying to figure out Skype on remote view? It's not, it's not working. It's not working. The best best thing i can come up with is it's kind of like you ever driven a car where the alternator is starting to go bad yeah and so it drives and it's okay but then when you start it up it's weak and then eventually it won't start and you don't necessarily know why because the alternator isn't properly recharging the battery but it's still recharging some so yeah okay okay i'm with you so that's basically what we're talking about here it's not that there was no recharging of the ers system but that it was only getting partial recharges. So as it went from full to empty, the engine began to derate more and more to try to compensate for it. And and again, you know, according to the according to to what I'm looking at here, is that they started in different modes to begin with at the race because of their different positions. And that that it's I don't think it's an expectation that either driver should have been able to figure it out, but based on the based on what they were up to in the cockpit, you know, it, it's it just he had he had a much higher workload, did Lewis, and uh, and many more. Yeah, go ahead. The thing is, is that in such a technologically advanced formula which we've got at the moment, and the inability of the teams to really guide the drivers through it all while they're on the track it's you know worth knowing that that information and i think that's you know what's so critical here because nico he was able to you know figure it out quite quickly whereas lewis spent i think 15 laps uh debating with the team trying to work out what the issue was and 
you know, he lost time to both Ferraris and Sergio Perez because of that and lost out on a chance to fight for second place, which the team thought was comfortably achievable with the pace of the car. You seem to be implying there that they both had an equal chance to sort that problem out. But Toto said that the situation was different because Rosberg was, had, had, he had caused him his own error. The, the, his, he had caused it to go into that place himself. Therefore he was like, Oh, I'll just undo the thing I just did. Whereas Lewis didn't have that situation. So it seems a bit unfair to say that somehow he's failed to solve the problem. The thing is, is that, you know, it, it, it's a team error that's been made here. We, you know, the team made that mistake. That's why the cars were derating um, earlier. Regardless of that, you know, had Lewis been able to, like Nico, fix the issue, he would have been able to go and have a chance at, at second place. And, you know, I've, I've said this before that I think Nico is a more technical driver he loves you know delving down into the you know finer details of the car right okay i'm gonna call not rubbish but where what on earth are you basing on that matt's screaming to get in i don't think you've got anything to actually base that on rather than this popular myth that nico is somehow the intellectual person and lewis hamilton's a dum-dum well, I, I I would like to just add this. First of all, as much fun as we're having, Lewis is hardly the only person to be shouting at his engineers for answers <laughs> to questions that, that they weren't yes. allowed to give. So we have Raikkonen whinging all the way around the track. He's like, surely you must be able to tell me yes or no, which yeah. Lewis said almost exactly the same thing. He's like, fine, I'll pick a switch. Tell me yes or no. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, we he goes, I'm just going to start, I'm just going to start hitting buttons. And they're like, oh no, don't, no, 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 please, please don't do that. And I, I actually was kind of hoping that he would do that. That would have been so entertaining. Screw it, but, I'm just going to hit buttons. But, but, but no, did none of you see the interview with Danny Ricciardo post-race? And they asked him because it became a talking point on, on telly and on radio about these regulations. They asked mm-hmm. him, well, how do you feel about you know uh, these regulations? He's like, oh, you know, I'm all about driving the car myself because, you know, I'm an Aussie. And, um, and we said, no, no, no. We meant like when your engine doesn't work right and you don't know what to do. He's like, oh, well, that's all different. He's like, I don't even know what the engine looks like. And, and they, <laughs> yeah. they started laughing. He's like, you think I'm kidding? He's not going to. He has no clue what an engine even looks like. So how is he going to work out which which possible energy map is is robbing his ERS of full recharge potential at 350 kilometers an hour? Tony, oh, it was funny, right? <laughs> On that radio chat with Hamilton, like uh, asking for help. Like, nope, can't tell you anything. Nope. And it was a bit petulant. Oh well, I'm just going to start pressing things then, and I might not finish the race then. Thanks very much. <laughs> it right, was so a bit like that. All right, uh, chat room. <laughs> you could just seem sort of like the ejector seat by accident or something. Yeah. It would have oh, been well, brilliant. If you will help me, I'll just start pressing things and then I might not even finish. So what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't be a fool. Right, so, um, Fortis. I don't know what it is. Stevens, no, you are wrong. The issue started on lap four, not after this pit stop. Uh, Hippo says Fortis is coming to kill you. Where, where's Fortis? Can I ask him what his source is? Right, yeah. Well, he's watching, so he'll probably come in with an answer to that. Uh, for us yeah. also, according to Toto, Nico's issue was due to a switch change he made. So all he had to do was undo what he had previously done. 
Sounds pretty simple, eh? No, you're quite wrong, T. Not according to Chris Stevens. Um, uh, Rosberg is this technical guru, and Lewis Hamilton is just like, oh, I like to sing songs. Uh, on the A1, on the 602, as we come into Stevenage and do some rap music. What gives you the impression that Nico Rosberg is somehow a master engineer and Lewis Hamilton doesn't know? Because didn't he famously say he knows what he's doing? No, that was Raikkonen. Oh, oh, it don't matter then. Oh, way to nearly bang in a good F1 joke there. You've crossed <laughs> Damn that Damn <laughs> You know, I'd be embarrassed if I had to come back here next week, but fortunately, it's okay. Go on, Chris. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, Lewis Hamilton is, you know, stupid. He's not an idiot. And, you know, Rosberg isn't, you know, a technical guru. Almost the opposite of what he just said. He, he, he knew something that Lewis Hamilton didn't. And I, you know, disagree with the, the, the idea that, you know, Nico implicated the issue on himself because that's not what I've been hearing from uh, the paddock or from the team. Wasn't the question, Chris. The question was to defend your comment that Nico Rosberg is somehow more technical and you made this comment on Twitter and Lewis Hamilton isn't. Admit you've got nothing to base that comment on. No, we just, it's it's just a, a, a thing of Formula One, isn't it? That that Lewis is you know perceived as the more naturally gifted um, driver, and Nico is the one. I've said this on the podcast before that you know Nico is the more technical. He likes to you know get down into the data to see where he can um, improve, and you know it, it, the, this comes after some very well timed comments from Lewis Hamilton that simulators are no better than video games. And so... Now, hang on there. Hang on there. No. Hold up. Vettel said that they were completely thrown by their simulator that told them that the twisty bits were going to be very difficult and the straight uh, open bits were going to be easy. And he said it was the opposite of that. So why doesn't Vettel's comment make him... So I assume you also think that he is not a technical guy. Because he, no, his, because his simulator was terrible as well, is what he said. Oh, but the, yeah, in regards to a new circuit, it's never going to be exactly what you think it is because this is the first time we've been there. But I, it just it gives me the impression that Lewis hasn't been spending as much time as Nico on you know working on things on the steering wheel and the real technical side of the formula. Now, I think well, Lewis just likes to kind of get in and, and, and drive. At least he's learned his settings. He hasn't got them sat there on a sticker. Yeah, so I've tracked down this claim for a lap four, and it comes from the BBC website, um, the Andrew Benson article, that, that Lewis reported a problem as early as lap four, and also that his car was in that mode, whereas Rosberg switched to that mode. But that is the only place I've seen that reported, and I've not heard it from the Mercedes people themselves. No, I've I've not heard that from anybody else, least of all the team. Yeah, I've got a few chat things. Go for um, it. Uh, I'm going to read through the conversation, and the last one's the best one. Uh, <laughs> Lewis was hopeless. It's as simple as that. Um, more likely, <laughs> Rosberg is simply smarter than Lewis. Uh, D. Wilson, what? That couldn't be any less true. Summers, the problem is that Lewis is just driving it hippo. And he backed off pace-wise. He'd have got more energy to recover the problem as he did when he thought he'd solved the problem. And the last comment is, my, uh, anonymous, my Kimmy is useless as well. So 
If it's my Kimmy, so I wonder who that might be. That might be the the very fantastic and glamorous Vivian Bovey. You're free to call I hope in so. as well. D. Wilson, I'm wondering how, when Toto finally tells the truth about an issue, no one believes him. What do you reckon that means? I don't know. I'm I'm not the F1 guy. I just read them <laughs> up, bud. Anyone else? Well, I was just going to say, a lot of the comments I got on Twitter were just it claims that the team are flat out lying, which I don't buy for a second. Yeah, all right, and fair enough. Uh, Senior Trowel Spanners has got so upset with people talking over each other, he's killed the stream to give them a good telling off. So <laughs> maybe that's one explanation for what just happened. Apologies for that, guys. They're like, oh, the back. stream is down. I'm like, oh, no, sorry, guys. And then, like, it comes back on and everyone, like, just looks super sad and it's dead awkward. <laughs> yeah, everyone's had the hairdryer treatment <laughs> from Spanners. Okay, well, I haven't got the call that I was expecting to get in. So, guys, let's move on to any other business. Um, let's just accept that Chris Stevens has been defeated in a battle of champions this is basically Clegane Bowl you were the mountain and I was uh, the hound and uh, and I've defended Cersei Donner or whichever way that's going to go T yeah I think we can all accept and agree that Chris has been generally inaccurate on many counts today let's move on <laughs> is that from the chat room no that's just from me <laughs> love you so proud of you <laughs> well I <laughs> okay let's go oh, on good to... luck whoever whoever is employed T good luck to you that was a terrible comment to make. It's very, very rude. Let's move on to... Guys, 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 oh. you're getting it all wrong. Any other business, who's getting it all wrong? I have to say, briefly, for me, Paul DeRester is not a good commentator. I think he comes across as a very lovely guy, and I'm sure he's a great guy, and he's very well-connected. But he sets himself up on the commentary. He, I think he was... Oh, hang on, we do have a call. Paul DeRester is saved for now. Who do we have on the line? Hey, what's up, Spanners? It's me, Fortis. Uh, do you know what I'm yeah. going to do? You know what I'm, gonna do? I'm just going to switch the stream because I've just realized it gives your phone number out. I won't put that recording out. Fortis, how can we help you? I assume you're here to give Chris a nice kiss and cuddle. Nah. What's your... Oh, what? Man, you've been, you, you, you've, you've been, post, you've been saying a lot of tripes in your comments just now. Firstly, Rosberg on Friday also said the Mercedes simulator right, he was um, basically incorrect with the track. It gave some, there was some weird settings of, um, about the track in the simulator. Which is no exactly what Hamilton said. No, 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 no. No one picked up on that and said anything, but you're quick to, to vilify Lewis because, oh, he didn't use the simulator. So what? He hasn't used the simulator. He hasn't used the simulator or done a track walk since 2006. He has the third highest number of pole positions and you're quick to jump on the one thing oh because he said he hasn't used the simulator and then vilify him for that and then talk, and then have the nerve to say oh well i don't think he works as hard as rosberg because of i don't because of that uh for this, this, is, for this that's not what i'm saying at all no that's what you're saying there was an interview no. that someone sent to me that he did in germany where he said he doesn't get appreciated for his technical ability because people get the impression that he doesn't work as hard as Rosberg. And you falling for the same trap by putting out that very same comment by saying, oh, because he said he didn't work, he only did eight laps in the simulator. I believe Alonso said he didn't do any laps in the simulator of the track. For so this why will... no one... No, 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 no. Let me finish. No, no, so I've got the no hang-up one... button right here. No, no, no. <laughs> no, let me finish. So why is no one having a go at, at Alonso? Matt 
already commented on it. It was in um, Andrew Benson's article on chat in BBC where it said it started on lot four. Rosberg issue, Mercedes have said themselves that Rosberg issue result of him uh, making a switch change, which made his issue easy to resolve by just undoing what he did. Hamilton was a completely different thing. So, so, don't, so, to, say, so to try and imply that, oh, he doesn't know what he was doing just because Rosberg saw this issue is completely unfair. Fair, no, fair enough. And I, I, will, well, I will put him to account. Do you have any other more other points? We'll let the lads answer uh, off the air, Fortis. You heard Nicky said something, and right away everyone jumped on it. Oh, look, the stupid boy versus the bright boy. Where did that come from? Uh, Fortis, thank you very much for a very passionate and involved call, and I will, will put him to task on those uh, those three points now. Uh, thanks for calling. We will catch you soon, Fortis. <laughs> Chris Stevens getting a hammering from the second call of the day. First of all, I don't I don't buy for a single second that these drivers haven't done any laps on the simulator because that will have been their first tool at their disposal to try and learn the new track. And I've, you know, had word from the team that all of them have been using the simulators to try and learn the track. Yes, of course, there's going to be some inaccuracies in it because it's a brand new track. I mean, I, I don't have anything else to say on that one first Matt, of all Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you've you've taken some of my tweets um out of context you know i'm sorry you've misunderstood them because so you're I saying you weren't calling lewis not, hamilton stupid i was not no i was not calling hamilton stupid i was saying that nico's approach to his driving may have benefited him this weekend and i'm definitely not saying that lewis doesn't work as hard as nico because he absolutely does it's just a go about their preparations in very different ways. And it turns out today, Nico's was the right approach. Matt? Well, I don't even know with the information we have currently available, if we can say that Nico's approach to his driving, uh, in the sense that uh, you feel that being more technical benefits him, was the correct approach. Because I don't think we have enough information to actually really know 100% what happened. We have a pretty good general idea of what was going on. But I'll tell you what struck me about that Lewis quote. Because what he really said was he felt like he could learn as much for what he needed to know to drive well. He could learn as much from a video game as he could from the simulators because they don't accurately recreate the sensations of driving well enough to help him but that he felt like it was probably a useful tool for the engineers and the other team people. That was the full extent of his quote. And as such, I, number one, have to say uh, there's no reason to disagree with his assessment of that. And number two, he's probably pretty right because there's there's a number of uh, drivers who, who probably feel similarly. You know, but if you've ever been in a motion, if you've ever been in something that simulates yeah. motion, it's nice, but it's not like actually getting in an actual thing and doing an actual thing. And at that point, it's not useful to him. It's the visual stuff that he needs yeah. more than anything else. And the video game provides it just as well. Well, I mean, I mean, I know Alonso and Hulkenberg both said they didn't use a simulator coming here before. So it's obviously, you know, Alonso's all right. He's quite good. Uh, but, um, and I won money from him not finishing. Yes, score. He came up with a phantom, couldn't be bothered to finish the race, technical issue. Uh, but also, wasn't Michael Schumacher famously, he didn't like the simulators because there was a disconnect in his brain between what he was seeing and the complete lack of sensation. Uh, not that I'm bringing up Le Mans on purpose. Joey Hand for <laughs> GT, go, go, go. 
But uh, there was a very nice documentary done about Patrick Dempsey in which he climbs into a simulator, drives it, and climbs back out and says, I can't handle that thing. It makes me sick to my stomach. Even though he could climb into a car and drive around Le Mans just fine. So, yeah, I think there probably are certain people that it really doesn't do very much for and is not helpful. Okay, then let's put a lid on that. There are always, always going to be passions running high. And for the first time, our chat room may have taken a slightly tense tone. Guys, I love it when people are having a debate. I do absolutely love that. In my mind, the rule is there's there's no rule as such, but I would like it to be if you think what you're going to say and do is going to cause stress to another person on the end of the internet, that that would be my line. And, let you know, you don't know what kind of day the other person is having. His wife could have just left him. He could have just been in a car accident and narrowly avoided death. So let's keep it cool, dudes. What's up, T? Well, I'm, I'm feeling quite enlightened by that uh, pep talk there. Thanks. <laughs> Feeling feeling very fly now, yeah. Join us next week on a very I'm special with episode. with my zen and chi, etc. Of Spanish uh-huh. um, All right, then. So, you know, Trowels is Fortis, uh, Hamilton's father in disguise. Um, Fortis then said, Alonso and Hunkelberg said, Hulkenberg said, neither of them use a simulator. Yeah, I just said that. Uh, nice one. Yeah. Good to know you're listening, jerk. Shut you. And, okay, D. Wilson's just come in with a new one. Uh, yep. I'm going to read it out. I haven't vetted it, so... Here goes. Jensen Button said uh, GPS on the track was so far off he didn't use it. Uh, Lewis is the person who takes copious notes on everything from from track changes to car changes. Since he's since he's his own race day engineer, does Stevens note that Rosberg pours over Lewis's data during free practice because he's often tense behind him? Uh, Saturday, Rosberg said he has a lot of work to do because he was so far off what he thought would happen on track. All right. that, was a mouth- that was a mouthful, wasn't it? I think uh, we're gonna. I think we're gonna leave that there because there's just a couple of other points we want to get in and go to the podium. Hey, Can look, I just quickly point out that the the data thing works both ways. It does. No, you're absolutely right. I th- I think Mercedes, and in fact, I'm pretty sure Paddy Lowe has said they the drivers don't have a choice in sharing data. They have to share data. So and then Lewis has benefited from that. He benefited it from it in Spain this season, and and we know he's done it. And I don't think. There's anything wrong with that in particular. It's because those setups and those things, the engineers have a lot of a hand in that as well. And the engineers are team engineers. Unless you're going to assign dedicated teams of engineers, this is Team Lewis Hamilton, this is Team Nico Rosberg, I don't think you can withhold. Otherwise, you're going to have a team like McLaren in 2007, where you've got two sides of the garage fighting each other within the team. So that's no good. I'm happy with that. I've lost my chain of thought. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? Let's talk about Deresta because I just wanted to quickly get it off my chest because it annoyed me because it ruined my race. If it was a really exciting race, you can have a guy like Deresta there going, well, that sometimes those strategies do work out and sometimes they don't. You can have that if there's really exciting things going on. But in this race where we had a lot of lulls in action, you need someone interesting and engaging. And it's not that he's not interesting and engaging. It just didn't feel like he was trying. And it, I don't know if it was nerves because he doesn't normally do the big race thing. But I am not going to watch Sky again if I have a choice. And uh, Go, Matt. Yeah, well, uh, my preferred strategy is to put Sky on in the background and then have BBC Five Live up front. I think that's the best way to go. But yeah, that's just me. That's not a bad call. And and I would have chosen the Channel 4 feed this time. But Channel 4 was so poor at getting the qualifying out on demand yesterday. It got to half past eight and the qualifying still wasn't up on demand. There was no way to watch it. So I ended up just having to buy a Sky Pass. 
for seven quid. And because I'd like spent seven quid and I'm a dad and I'm the sort of person who goes around turning light switches off and complaining that we're heating the entire street, I was darn well going to use my pass to watch the race today. And obviously Brundle was off uh, racing at Le Mans. So yes, we had Paul Dresser on there. I, I think, yes, if you want more insights from the driver in the practice sessions, that's great. But I don't want, I don't want to hear him particularly on the race. T, you looked poised to say things. No, I was just laughing at you with the dad thing. It was funny. It just, uh, I, uh, it took me about four or five hours to watch the race because I kept getting interrupted. I kept having to pause. Oh, what, what, what? You, you want attention on Father's Day? What's wrong with you? The race is on. And then I, uh, I felt is like that a is that how person. you got an hour behind us watching on Skyfall? I said, "Oh, I'm an hour behind." But I was sure you started at the same time. Oh, yeah, one, I did. one thing I wanted to say was swearing in general. What do you guys think about the drivers? Every sentence is beep, beep uh, pits beep. What do you guys make of that? Uh, well, I'd say um, it is beeped out, but I would suggest that it may hinder the 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 uh, producer's ability to give us everything because they have to delay things to to, to check them and filter them and, and beat them out. If if they were a bit more civilized, then we might actually hear more. Yeah, and I don't think there's any reason. The problem is for me, it's not the odd swear they have to beat out. It's just it's become habitual. I, I was going to say in the old days, about which I know plenty. They used to do it on purpose so the radio transmission yes. wouldn't be broadcast. Yeah. So it, so you notice that it tends to be, well, not Vettel, but for Raikkonen, I can see that just being a force of habit. But I think personally it's because Ferrari are trying to, to, to lead the world driver's expletives competition. Okay, guys. Um, one topic ended up dominating the show, for which I don't apologize. That is often going to happen, especially when excitement is running high. You get what you get here, and there are lots of podcasts that will give you a blow-by-blow account of the race later in the week. Yeah, well, if we're going to talk about it, we should talk all the way about it, which is, what do you think? Do you really think these radio rules are serving the sport? Should they be changed or altered based on what you saw today? I mean, because oh, the teams yeah. all do have to follow the same rule. Yeah. This is true. Uh, I misunderstood completely when they brought this rule in. I thought that this rule was to stop people saying, oh, you've got to break five meters later. You're missing that apex. You know, things like actual driving technique. It seems bizarre, completely bizarre to me that they cannot give them uh, an instruction to fix a fault. I mean, is there not a safety issue? What if it was a fault that was making him uh, decelerate on the straight with a car behind him in his toe? Uh, it's it just seems like madness. It would seem obvious. If you're not going to allow them to fix technical data, you need to trim back the tech and stick them back in 1980s cars. You can, you know, give messages that, you know, are sort of, sort of safety related. But I, I, I do agree in, you know, cars that are so technically advanced these days, it doesn't really make sense to plummet all that information on the driver. I think the engineer should be able to... Um, have a have a say in in how the the car is operated but def- one thing i definitely don't want to see is driver coaching yeah and that's what i thought we were getting rid of but it's it's not it's this well that that, that was the original intent intention okay all right guys we're going to move on to the podium celebrations now and on to the awards that i didn't steal from f1 blog i stole them from film sack on frog pants I mean, is it better that I steal from one thing rather than another? Okay, then I'll throw some love back and say check out the morning stream and Frog Pants because I do lean heavily on some of my podcasting heroes from that network. Matthew! 
It's not theft. It's an homage, my friend. It's an Come homage, on. isn't it? Was it geniuses steal and idiots borrow? Or something like that. Anyway, uh, I, I want to know who was Matt. It's you. Who was your thing of the weekend? So now we're clarifying it can be anything. A driver, a tyre, a wall, anything. Who's your thing of the weekend? Ooh, well, now, now that you've changed the rules, you've made it very complicated. I, th- I have to say it's uh, my thing of the we- weekend would be... Mm, Force India. Yeah, it's a, that's a great shout. That's a great shout. The whole team as a whole. Yeah, the, absolutely, man. Have they ever maximized their kilometer per dollar potential? And it's worth pointing out that they had a big upgrade, especially in the front wing area in Spain. I'm talking as if uh, Summers messaged me. Uh, make, make sure you point <laughs> out that... Uh, the front wing was much better because of the aero tunnel. So I think basically what they've improved is the aero coming through the front wing and going up and around the tyre is the impression I got. Now, the big thing this is doing for them is helping them use the tyres and doing all that good stuff like switching them on and all the, all the rest of it. It's, it's, it's letting the tyres bear less of the brunt of the grip because they've now got the downforce sorted out better. So the tyres last longer and they're able to do more with them, a la Mercedes. Yeah, that's great, Chris Stevens. Who was your thing of the weekend? Are you doing all right there, Chris? You've 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 taken a body blow. You've taken on a giant there, and I think you've, I'm, you've, I'm doing just fine. You've stood up to it pretty well. I think you're wrong, but I think you stood up to it really well. I think you're wrong, and I'm doing just fine. My no, thing. I'm wrong. glad you made it thing of the weekend yeah, because of the now weekend. I can say that it's turn fifteen, which is a brilliant corner because it has caught out. So many people. Nice little narrow runoff. And if you get it wrong, you're in that wall. And it actually played quite a big part on Force India's weekend. So, yeah, turn 15. Yeah, because ultimately it stopped. It robbed them of a potential second place, probably, didn't it? And my thing of the weekend is is a human. is a human adult called Sergio Perez. Um, someone who I know a lot of people have got detractors from him. But it always looked like he had the raw talent and the raw speed. And... It's it's now his advantage over Nico Hulkenberg. We're getting into the territory where there's always some sort of reason why. We're into Jensen territory now, aren't we? Where there's always some sort of reason why he wasn't up there with uh, Checo, as they call him. And I think I think that he is, uh, he is on a roll. And I hope he can get that momentum going because he's a real talent in F1. So my thing of the week is Sergio Perez. Tony, Thunder Beast Barnard, can you take your eyes off? The horror, the horror of the chat room for a second. And tell me your thing of the week. My thing of the week. Awesome. Uh, last week I commented on how, was it last week? I think so. Last, I commented on awkward, was in the driver's green room after the race. Yeah. When I, when I had the preconception that they're all busy mates and it surprised me that it was a lot of awkward, uh, yep. Uh, Mm. yeah. So, uh, how's the kid? Well, yeah, kid's fine. I think I've got a theory now because this week it was mega. They are all buzzing mates and it was amazing. (laughs) And um, so I'm thinking maybe it might just be Lewis Hamilton. It's like I'm, 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 this is a hypothesis, right? So Aww, I, I no. may be gone. I'll, I'll dip in now and again to try to contribute, but just keep an eye on it for me. I've got a theory that maybe they are actually all best mates, but it's like um, at work when there's that one guy that nobody likes Aww. and everyone will be in a room having a laugh and a joke and that one guy walks in and then we all get sucked out and it's super awkward and silent. <laughs> well, <So. laughs> I, I don't know. I think... Uh, 
I think Lewis gets on with the guys like he seems to get on very well now with Sebastian Vessel, which is odd, and Alonso. I don't agree with that. I think you're being very mean that he's that weird, smelly guy that sits next to me and uses unnecessarily long words from nine till five every day. But like utilize instead of use, like uh, you did about twenty minutes ago. I just want to utilize the best possible means. No, he said instead of saying clothes, <laughs> instead of I want to go and get clothes, he said, "Where can you find attire for this occasion?" Ah, it's not t- attire. Who says that? Right, a uh, bad thing. Who? Uh, b- bad thing button. Oh no, you missed the apex. Me first, since we're talking about the interview room. Uh, for me, the th- person who missed the apex is. Nico Rosberg, as soon as his car stopped in Park Ferme, he failed completely. Like, drove a great race, he did everything right, missed his mark, hit the pit board. He has this want and desire, for whatever reason, probably because he's a handsome young man, to take his helmet off first. And he he failed to do it a few weeks ago, the last race he won. This time he he sort of got it half off, but he only got it up to his forehead. Uh, Then he struggled getting all the clips off. With his helmet half off, you could see how much you have to strain to lift yourself out of the car, uh, you know, and then take the hands device off. Then he went to take the rest of his helmet off, but his visor was stopping him getting a proper grip. So he had to put the other hand up, open the visor so he could grab like the mouthpiece of it and take it off. He he then in the interview room, Matt, you noticed this. What was he trying to remove? Was it his earpiece? And it, it pinged, yeah, I think it was his earpiece. And yeah. it pinged right back into his eye, and. He was, he just, he didn't flinch for a bit. And then he slowly moved his hand up to his eye. And he's like, you are trying so hard to pretend that didn't hurt. But he was clearly in agony. And then his celebration jump didn't land on the podium. That you could tell it probably killed him. It it knacked. And after a few seconds, he moved away into the corner, away from the camera and turned away and rubbed it a bit more. It's like when you're tired and it hurts more. That's what it looked like. I just, it just for me, it was just the sound that it made. Because <laughs> it, it, mm. it was like, I think it was, it was the battery or the actual radio part of the earpiece was in his hand. And when he moved it across to grab something, it just like whipped up and smacked him upside the head and just made this sound that, that, that just said, there's going to be a knot there tomorrow. <laughs> okay, go on then, Matt. Who missed the apex for you? Oh, who missed the apex? Gosh, there are so many choices. But I'd have to say Red Bull missed the apex, man. Yeah, from second to seventh with their lead driver. That's pretty bad. Matt, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at MattPT55 Read the Twitters your... and at TheJudge13.com for race and qualifying reviews. Oh, and go buy my wife's book too. A common scandal. Thank you. There is no better race review, sorry, Chris, on the internet of things than what Matt PT writes after the race because... It's awesome. It has a unique style, and I am trying to muster up enough money to steal you for myself. Uh, Chris Stevens, who missed the apex for you? Uh, I'm going to go with the other Red Bulls, uh, the Tarossos. Two suspension failures on both cars, double retirement. Do you think there's like Jack in the corner, and Jack's the suspension guy, and he's just like, he's like, what what was wrong with the cars? What what happened? Suspension? Bugger. (laughs) Just uh, I, I wouldn't know anything about any car failures this weekend. <laughs> well, people can find you at Formula Spy, Chris. You've been prolific over the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, find me on Twitter at cstevens underscore journal, where you can find uh, apparently controversial tweets. I try. I try. <laughs> uh, uh, Tony, who missed the apex for you, buddy boy? 
Oh, I don't know, mate. I mean, <laughs> normally I spend the time combing through things to figure one out, but I've just been putting out fires in the chat room. Um, Are they being mean? So has the uh, chat room I, missed the apex then? Yeah, yes, <laughs> big time. It's 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 been awful. <laughs> it's been awful. No, I no, tell no, you no, what, no. though, you you actually need me, so let's let's renegotiate the salary that we were talking about. Yeah, you need me. Look, it's just it's just high spirits. I'm sure. I I'm trying to encourage people to join the chat room. Don't say it's awful. <laughs> come to spannersready.com, uh, click the live stream tab, and and come see for yourself. And you can come and on live stream. There's a video feed. You can see my unnaturally handsome face. And because I posted a selfie this morning, and people were accusing me of using some sort of beauty mode on the Samsung phones. I didn't even know <laughs> they exist. I have no. I, I am just. I'm a. I'm a looker. Whatever. You've got that cranked up to eleven on a daily basis. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm just a genuine eleven. Who knows? This is a beautiful face, guys. Thank you so much for your contributions today. I think it's been a very fun and enjoyable show. I would like you guys to come and join me at SpannersReady.com if you want to help me promote this show and get it going because we've got some fantastic momentum i'd appreciate anything you can do we put the podcast player in all of the articles on spannersready.com so you know it looks a bit sad when it's just me going around the internet going please please look at my podcast please can you read the thing that i've sneaked my podcast player into please and people suss that out fairly quickly so if i could get a few of you sharing that stuff to show your support i'd be absolutely delighted the website address is www.spannersready.com. I'd also love you to listen to Dad Hub Podcast, where me, Matt, Tony, and two other insignificant people talk about parenting. Until then, wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. This is Missed Apex. So, Tony, I'm just going to get you to read out so I can edit back in. The chat room is a wonderful and fun, caring environment in which you'd want to spend your Sunday evening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the chat room is its a delight. It, it's honestly, it, it heals the soul. Yeah. No, guys, we appreciate, we appreciate uh, your involvement and I hope that no one has been too scarred by these events. If the chat room has affected um, you. Um, comment of the week. This is the part Thanks. of the show where we do <laughs> Comment of the Week. Oh, this week, and thank goodness, because the look on Tony's face was like, Oh, mid, I haven't got one leg. I need to hide in the smog of Middlesbrough until this all blows over. <laughs> uh, we do have to, we do oh have to thank God. Senior Trowel for this. Go thank on then, you, go on then. Trowell. Please, because I haven't got a clue. There's just so much. I'm glad, I'm glad, Matt. Thank you so much. Oh, no, no, his comment of the week was literally comment of the week with several question marks after we... Oh. Pretty much ended. Oh. <laughs> All right, and I've, I've got one. I had one. Okay, go on. Um, Adam Parsons, Adam Parsons, as I like to uh, nickname him as Nostradamus, I have the overwhelming feeling that our expectations of carnage and safety cars may end up in being met with the dullest procession we've seen yet. And that was genuinely predicted. That was in the Facebook group. Yeah, Adam Parsons said a lot of stuff like that. He might be a wizard. But that's fine. It's won him the honour of... Comment of the week. And I think I preferred it when it was all mum jokes in the chat room. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 